Mind Talks podcast here with myself, Nathan, and my co-host, Edwin. Our special guest is a qualified gym instructor as well as a level three personal trainer. She goes by the name of Fitness by Blessing. So a warm welcome to you, Fitness by Blessing. How are you? I'm good. Thank you guys for that amazing introduction. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> right. So with, when it comes to our regular listeners, they're probably used to the first question that I usually ask, but we're just going to switch it up a little bit today. So the first question is with regards to you being a personal trainer, um, what would you say is your overall mission? So my overall mission is to get black women into fitness. Now, um, for me, especially with social media, the conversations that I have with my friends, I feel like a lot of people are doing surgeries. And for me, I remember going through a season where I just wasn't happy when I looked in the mirror. And that's when I began my fitness journey. And it was just to encourage others. Is that how, you know, for me, I was consistent at working out. And it was just the message of that, how if I can do it, you can do it. And to get more black women into fitness and, 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 and exercise. So, yeah. And how was your relationship with exercise when you were younger? <laughs> well, <laughs> it was there. Was, it was non-existent. Um, I remember being in PE class, and I would always get my well. Let me not lie. I used to fake notes to get out of PE class because I just hated it. And I yeah. think a lot of it was to do with um, my clothing. I didn't really know what sports bra was. Yeah. I was quite, you know, um, started puberty quite early, and it just was uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, having to wear shorts in winter and a t-shirt and you know your bits are just going all over the place so it was it was non-existent non-existent I hated pee hated it hated it yeah and how did you overcome that as you got older um I think I'm gonna be honest I think as I got older um I did put on a lot of weight because obviously I wasn't doing no exercising and I was eating really really badly and I did something that was really, really bad is that how, you know, like um, I had an eating disorder, actually, when I was like in sec- secondary school. So where you just kind of starve yourself and kind of even make yourself sick, like I-, I can I can own that. But I think a lot of it was it's because I didn't understand sort of um, I didn't I-, I didn't understand the food and how to manage it. But at the same time as well, I knew that I wasn't happy in what I was doing. And I feel like a lot of young young girls can resonate with that as well because, you know, there's that pressure from society how you want to look thin, you want to look a certain way, and you think that you need to starve yourself to get to get in to get to that particular shape. And I think as I begin as I begin to get older, get more confident, I start to do research. I mean the internet's there, you know, you you, you kind of are like how do you know what? What I'm doing is wrong, but at the same time, I'm immature as well. So for me, I feel like as I got more mature, as I did more research, that's when I kind of discovered this whole life of the gym and exercise. So, yeah, that's a bit about my journey. Yeah. And with your relationship with food, was it one of those where you you ate as much as you were eating and then you would uh, make yourself sick? Or how did how did it work? So how it worked is that how I would just eat, like literally just put food in my mouth and then I'll just run to the toilet and just make yourself sick. Like it's, um, <laughs> it's I've actually never said, said this before out, but um, I've shared it in little small groups. But it's a thing where it, it's definitely a psychological thing because you have to think to yourself, yes, you may think that you you look bigger, 
in the, in the mirror, but in actual fact, you look absolutely fine. So I think it was definitely a psychological aspect of I was I, I was so depressed with it that I would then make myself sick. So that's kind of how I would do it. Like you'll eat, and the thing is, nobody would know. Nobody, nobody would know. I was probably about, I think I was about 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of the eating disorder, so first and foremost, actually, massive respect to you mm. um, for actually even sharing this. So I really want to be delicate, but I really want to get down to mm. the nuts and bolts of it. Can you, do you, can you identify this, the early, early stages um, that got you onto this road of this eating disorder? What, what exactly was it? Um, what did your life look like? Can you just go into detail, please? Mm. I think the, the visual memory that I have from childhood that I remember I came back from Nigeria. I remember I went on a family trip. Now, when you're in a hot country, your, your appetite is not much, it isn't there because you're hot, you're sweating, you just want to drink all the, all the time. And then what I saw is that how, when I came back, I had lost a lot of weight. And so my mindset was that, how, okay, if I don't eat, I could actually lose weight. That's, that's, that's where it almost like I put two and two together. Now, remember, when I go back from, from, from Nigeria, obviously you're starting secondary school, you know, things, things like that. So for me, it was definitely a lack of understanding, a lack of ed education about that in itself is dangerous, you know? But for me, it got me the result. I went to Nigeria, I lost my appetite because it was hot, I was just drinking and I lost weight. So that's for me where I was like, actually, let me try this. And then that's when sort of the, that issue kind of arose, so. Did anyone pick up this at any point or was this something that you were able to hide all the way from? No. Nope. Yeah, I hid it very well. I hid it very well, I won't lie to you, I hid it very well because you know, especially with um, African parents, like nobody said to me, oh, you're fat or you're big because to them, I probably was normal. But remember, it was how I saw myself. Do you see it? So in, in hindsight, I actually wasn't fat at all. I was not fat at all. But it's how I saw myself. And that's why I said that I think it was definitely a psychological thing. And I think, you know, like as you come from, you know, a child into your teenage years, you're experimenting things. You're, you're almost developing yourself. You know, you start your period. You're kind of just understanding your body. I think that's where, I think it was that transition into becoming a teenager, into womanhood. That's where the lines got blurred. So trust me, I hid it very well from my parents. They didn't even... I'm sure now they'll probably think that I'm lying. <laughs> but, yeah, it was definitely something I was struggling with, 100%. Um, yeah. I'm really interested in getting to... <laughs> really getting into your mind, because you said psychologically um, you, you felt you were big, but you know you wasn't. So where did that where did that come from? Where, where did it come from? Did it, does, did it come from maybe friends? Did it come from the media? You you've already said that it wasn't your parents. Where did this psychological viewpoint come from? Where you said to yourself, "I was, I, you know, I I am fat." Where, where, yeah, it's the media. It was the media. So especially someone like us, we're watching a lot of American TV. I mean, you remember Trouble, MTV Base. You know, a lot of American mm -hmm. shows, and it was the media. I'm, I, I can I can honestly say it was the media. It might, like, I don't know, most African parents, you come home from school, your parents are still at work, you're watching TV. It was before internet times, you know, you, then we just about had a, had a computer with a big back. So literally, a lot of our <laughs> social media was TV. It was TV shows, you know what I mean? 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, it, it was, it was, it, it was the media. It was the media. Like, I remember magazines back then, it was size zero. It was thin. And obviously me, and because um, I was quite shapely as a, as a young teenager and that, and that was not the ideal shape back then. However, now it is, which is funny, but back then it wasn't. To have curves was like, oh my gosh, what? You have curves? You know, so in my head, I took that. I, I took that on as, you're fat. You know, as a teenager. So that's where it came from. The media, TV, watching TV shows, not fitting fitting into that ideal shape of beautiful. You see, you know, Mariah Carey back then, Brandy. These people were skinny. Monica, there wasn't much shape there. So, yeah. What What changed in your adult life compared to when you were younger? When it came to your relationship with food. I think it was a confidence thing. I think for me, the journey, especially how I, how, how I even got into fitness was just being comfortable in who I was. You know, as young women or just young people in general, you have to get to a place of acceptance of who you are. Does that make sense? And, and enjoy that person. So I think as I got older, as I matured, as I, you know, you progress in your career, you learn to be comfortable in who you are. And I feel like once I was comfortable in, in who I was, when I, you know, found fitness as a way of just release, of just stress, and um, I'm sure we'll go into like mental health and things like that, it became of it, it became fun because it's like how yes looking good is a bonus but in actual fact you're it's more of, of a health aspect is that how being healthy you know the fact that you walk down the stairs you're not huffing and puffing you know the fact that you have stamina in 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 the gym when you're working out so for me it was a more of a confidence thing once I was secure about who I was as a person and comfortable with who blessing is everything else just fell into place so for me it's a confidence thing yeah and can you give some tips so how did you so before your fitness journey you already were developing your confidence and by the time you got there I, I guess you um, developed it further but just I guess prior to you joining the I, I guess the, the fitness world how were you trying to develop your confidence so how I was developing my confidence, um, I think if I'm honest with you, it was, I kind of stumbled upon it. So I'll be very honest. Um, I remember I was in a relationship and the guy just ghosted me. Like I've never been ghosted in my life. It was, you know, <laughs> ghosted me. And it knocked my confidence to the floor. Yeah. And I had two decisions to make. I could have stayed there on the floor or I could have said, you know what? I'm going to keep my head up and I'm going to channel that energy to somewhere else. Yeah. That could have been over eating that could have been a substance misuse it could have been anything considering my background yeah but I chose to channel that low self-esteem into do you know what I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to start with fitness yeah I was on a, a physical journey I was on a spiritual journey and I was also on a professional journey as well and the first one I chose to embark on was the fitness journey yeah when you decided it's to deep, go on that it? fitness journey <laughs> It's mm -hmm. very deep. It's very deep. Mm -hmm. When you decided to go on that mm -hmm. fitness journey, did was there mm -hmm. anyone that was trying to put you off? Put me off. I think that's 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 actually a very good question. I think in the beginning, no, yeah, no, because for me, as I said, like the fact that my parents didn't really see it when I had the sort of eating disorder, they just saw it as okay. She has a hobby, you know. She's she's working out. But I think as my body started to change and their ideal of you're losing too much or you're getting too much skinny, that's when people were like, hmm, you're doing a bit too much or maybe you should slow down, you know, but yet they'll be the first one to say, oh, you've added on weight, you know. I'm, I'm, 
African, there's always one auntie in the corner. We call them those silly aunties that will now say, hmm, you're putting on weight, or it'll be, hmm, you're... Yeah. You know, you're, so there's 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 always someone that's gonna criticize you from both ends. But in the beginning, no, I didn't I didn't have because I think I didn't really talk about it. It was just something that I did, and if you saw me, you saw me. If you didn't, you didn't. So yeah. And what were kind of the early stages? So can you remember the early stages of changing your 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 food habits? What did that look like? Yes. Okay. So. This is really interesting. So I remember I obviously they opened up a new gym in my area. And I remember my friend was like, yep, yeah, we're going to do this together. You know, fitness buddy, let's do it together. We've both got, you know, our goals. Let's do it together as one. So we went to that new gym and, you know, we ain't got a clue about the gym. So everything was just foreign. Yeah, foreign, completely foreign. And then obviously your next best thing, especially a woman in the gym, is to what? Join classes. OK, so we joined the classes, you know, Monday, 6 a.m., after work, you know, 6 p.m. You know, we did we did the whole nine yards. And then that's when we um, obviously there was one instructor that was just absolutely amazing. Like every every time of his class, you're sweating, dripping, you know, drip, drippy. Yeah, sweating. And then that's when I was like, you know what? Let's, you know, sign up his PT classes. So he signed up to his PT class. He did like the 30 minute, 30 minute, um, like, like trial um, sessions. Didn't even last five minutes. Yeah. But at the same time, he, 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 um, he liked our, you know, enthusiasm for fitness because we were like how fat must die. Yeah. You know, that was the kind of energy that, that we were giving. And then, you know, obviously you sign up to his, to his, um, program. And then obviously he does your meal plans. When I saw the food, hey, <laughs> you know, I'm a black woman, we like seasoning, you know, we like seasoning, we like, you know, all kinds of um, food groups. Let me tell you the kind of food that was in there. Dry toast, boiled egg, cottage cheese, dry chicken. I said, me, I said, me, I can't season my chicken. I said, like, 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 this is not punishment. I just, just want to lose some weight, you know? But then once again, the same position where I remember when I got ghosted and I had a decision to either stay there in that low self-esteem or, you know, um, progress to the, to the next step and actually work on myself. It was the same decision that I had to make there. Is that how I can be disciplined and follow his plan because he knows what he's doing or I can do it my own way. Yeah, it's the same thing again. It's that, you know, you, you, um, it's the same thing again. So I was like, okay, blessing. This is, this is not a, um, a, a long-term thing. This is a plan, yeah? Let me be obedient. And let me follow his plan. And that's exactly what I did for 12 weeks. And I lost over 10 kg in 12 weeks. I think dis discipline is so vital to achieve any goal in life. Were mm -hmm. you disciplined in other aspects of your life growing up? Or was that something that you had to build during this fitness journey? Oh, gosh, I, I, I had to build it. It was almost like a battle with, with myself. I always say that how when you're levelling up in life, you will get to a crossroad where you have to make decisions. And every stage of my life, I've always had to make a decision. And the question I always ask myself is that how, how will you become a different person at that stage for the good, yeah? So discipline for me, like from childhood, I wasn't that disciplined. Um, it wasn't until I knew where I wanted to go in life, I knew that it required a different version of myself, yeah? I always say to people all the time is that how especially being African, like, there's so many things we have to unlearn as African kids, yeah, is that how, you know, parents say, I'm disciplining you, you're naughty, you must go upstairs or, or you must go onto the, 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 the naughty step or you have to put your hands up and then you have to hold your nose or and do all kinds of acrobatics <laughs> in terms of punishment. 
And and this 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 discipline is really like a neg it has a negative connotation. But in this fitness journey, discipline is probably one of the most positive things you could ever do for yourself. And I had to unlearn those lessons. Discipline for me is probably one of the most greatest um, skills I could have ever learned in my life. It, like just being consistent with fitness and seeing the way your body can just change like completely. Imagine using those tools in other areas. So imagine just in a fitness standpoint that we are just progressing and, and reaching our goals. It's just a reflection of what's going on in my other areas of my life. So discipline is something that we should see as positive and not negative and really change that narrative as well, especially if you have children and just how you uh, how, how you sort of um, usher your life. This, this, this discipline is your friend. Discipline is your is 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 your is some is a quality that that everyone needs to really tap into. I hope I'm making sense. So that's how I would yeah, perceive 100%. discipline. Man. It's positive. It's positive. 100%. Yeah. I I really want to go back to your twelve week program because one of the things that whenever mm -hmm. anyone's on a twelve week, whether it's four week, eight week. I'm always intrigued mm -hmm. on the sacrifices. So can you talk about some of the sacrifices mm. that um, you had to you had to deal with and you took to on? Make. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the sacrifices, mate. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, I think the biggest sacrifice I had to make was um, snacking. So me, I like snacks. I like crisps. I like chicken wings. I like mini cheddars. I like party rings. I, I can name out the snacks, you know? There's many of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for me, the snacking, it was almost like I was in a fight with myself. Like, you work out in the gym, right? And, you know, your mum goes to Costco. <clears throat> Demonic. She'll go to Costco and she will just buy all kinds of snacks, yeah? So imagine your home that's supposed to be a mm. safe haven. Is now a battleground. <laughs> it's now a battleground for your for your Ain't for your progress truth. and your determination to try and lose weight. It literally was a battleground. But for me, it was um, understanding that how if I have four good days and a cheat day, it's okay. So for me, it was the snacking. Also, as well, going out to eat with friends. Sometimes I had to say, you know what, I can't come out because I don't know if I have the willpower to say no. Yeah. Um, especially being a um, a fitness instructor and um, doing my pers personal training, something that I've come to learn is that how the reason why snacking is so dangerous, especially when you're trying to lose weight, is how it spikes insulin levels, yeah? When your insulin levels are spiked, fat burning does not occur. So you can work out, do a banging workout in the morning, but then you've now come and just wasted it and finished it by having a whole pack of maybe Mary Lang co co cookies. <laughs> your whole, that workout was in vain. It was in vain. So me, that I will now be doing, <laughs> waking up. No, you've got work at nine. <laughs> You'll then go to the gym at 6 a.m. to now it'd be wasted because you couldn't discipline yourself with that craving. And maybe had it on Friday or Sunday <laughs> for your cheat day, you know? Everything in moderation. So for me, once I understood the science behind a lot of the things that I was doing, because I remember one time I was working out, nothing was shifting. But do you know what I was doing? I was having that little snack here and there. Yeah, thinking that, yeah, I'm in a deficit. But, mate, because my insulin was spiked, fat burning does not occur. But once I, you know, proper put my discipline in that how blessing, look, you've come this far, yeah? Just ride it out. My body started to change just drastically. So, yeah. Was there ever times when you felt like giving up? Oh, yeah. I did give up. 
I did. I did give up. But the beautiful thing about fitness is that how it's a journey, yeah? It's, I almost see it as like a marathon. Is that how you have to, it's slow and steady wins the race. Even if I fell today, we come back again tomorrow. Even if I failed on Sunday, we come back again on Monday. Do you see it? Slow and steady wins the race. All my clients, I tell them now, it's not about 12 weeks, it's not about eight weeks, it's not about four weeks. Are you committed to this fitness journey, yeah? Everyone that I, we change the perspective, they see the results because I'm not focused on those 12 weeks. He did, he, my, trainer, my trainer originally, he did that 12 weeks because, you know, that's the package that he's selling it. But at, by the end of that 12 weeks, it's a lifestyle. And that's the same message and ethos that I will also give to my clients because that's, that's, what, that's what was given to me, is that how it's a journey. I'm in this for the long term. My friends always tell me is that how, you know, like these are discussions that we have is that how, what kind of ancestor will you be? For me now, learning about fitness now, that will be a trait that I will live for, that, that I will give to my children's children's children. Fitness is now a part of our ancestry. Why? Because physical activity reduces 70% of illnesses and diseases. So why would I not want to pass that on to the next generation? Do you see it? I could go deep, but I won't go too deep because we don't want to cry today. You see it? We don't want to cry today. We don't want to cry today. That was really, really but, powerful. Yeah. It was. I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, and, mm. yeah, you need to go deep because I do mm. feel that the listeners will definitely get something from it. Mm. I want to go back to cheat day. Now, I don't know how I feel about this cheat day business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on one side, mm -hmm. it's okay. Go on. Everyone Come on, deserves. Everyone deserves to almost have a day off. Everyone deserves to have a slip up. Now the reason why everyone deserves to have a slip up because psychologically, mm -hmm. if you condemn yourself, if you do condemn yourself, then more than likely you're going to end up going down. Um, a rabbit hole and you're just not going to go back. You're just going to continue to just go down, mm -hmm. down, downhill, downhill. But then on the other side, um, I know there mm -hmm. are a lot of science that's out there and, and they talk about how many days, you know, about 20, 30 years ago, it was 30 days. Now they're talking about 66 mm -hmm. days, but it, whatever anyway. But there is a certain, there's a certain amount of days, um, mm -hmm. which I personally believe is probably mm -hmm. different for different individuals in creating a routine. So that's where mm -hmm. I believe with regards to cheat mm -hmm. days, it could be slightly problematic because if you do give them that opportunity at the end of the week to start mm -hmm. having their, their Oreos and whatever um, snacks that they mm -hmm. have, you might end up mm -hmm. not really, or the individual might not end up breaking this 25 years, 30 years, 40 years yeah, so I want to know, as mm -hmm. a gym instructor, where are you with cheat days and why? Why? That is a fantastic question, Nathan, and let me break it down to you. Um, a lot of the, um, the myths, the myths is what I'm trying to break, is that how I don't want fitness to be something that presents itself to be suffering, yeah? Mm. Remember, people are coming with years of habits, yeah? It takes, what, 40 days to change a habit, yeah? So imagine, how can I make someone who snacks and eats pizza and eats McDonald's and eats all those things to come to me and then I tell them, you just have to stop eating it? They will fail at the first week. They won't come back to me. They will not come back to me. <laughs> and, and also as well, I've got to think from my own journey, yeah? 
my own journey. I would finish the gym and go to KFC outside. 100%. I didn't even care. I didn't, like, you see, I didn't, I didn't even care. I went to KFC and I bought those six wings. I didn't care. You see, I didn't care because that craving needed to be, it needed to be activated. That's how deep it was with food. That craving needed to be activated. So do you know what I do? I create a reward system, yeah? Remember, it's about the long-term journey. I don't care about 12 weeks, mm. yeah? I don't care about four weeks. I care about your mindset being changed for the long haul, so therefore it impacts your generation and the next generation. So if you want to have pizza on day seven, best believe that those four days, you are coming to the gym twice a day, yeah? And then as we begin to build that habit, yeah, trust me, you won't even go near pizza. You won't even go near KFC. Why? Because you then understand the science behind once you spike that insulin and fat burning does not occur and you've been going to the gym for four weeks, but yet the scale <laughs> has not moved. Trust me, you will now think twice about having that pizza, having that KFC and having that, having, having that McDonald's. Trust me. I want you to get to, get to that real, realisation for yourself. Why? Mm. Because it's your journey. I can give you the tools, but I can't mm. make you drink from that well. Mm. I cannot make you drink from that well. And I've seen it. I've seen it. Let me give you an example today at work. I just had a conversation with a girl, yeah? Just had a conversation with a girl. She wants to lose her back fat and she wants to snatch her waist. They call me the waist whisperer, yeah? <laughs> Different story entirely. Okay? Just by the exercise. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just from what I told her, yeah? She showed me pictures, yeah? I told her to work on her core and to be, and to, and, and to do, and to, and, and to, to, to basically focus on back exercises, yeah? Strength of the muscles in the back. Her waist went in and her back fat has reduced. It has not, she said that for over 13 years now, her back fat has never reduced at all. Just from a conversation, no personal training involved, no food plan involved because she really has that. Some people just need to have conversations to change mindsets and they're already winning, yeah? That's why I created my accountability coaching because some people just, just need to know the science behind things and also learn from my mistakes and my experiences, yeah? People are like, how? Why can't they stop snacking? Because they're not ready to. We have to ask, why are you not? Why are you not ready to? Let me give an example. I asked the girl. I said, in a scale of one to ten, how important is losing weight for you? She, she, she said, it's 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 top, top number one priority. I said, if it's number one priority, what are you willing to sacrifice? We listed those things out, and I will hold her accountable. No exercise, no nothing, because she already does those things. But it's just it's just the little areas where she's not, what, disciplined, yeah? And that is how we get the wins, yeah? Is by make, taking people at their own journey and making fuel tweaks. I can't make someone just stop smoking because it's bad for you. There's habits of years. I've got to get them to get to that realisation on their own. And that's why Fitness by Blessing is right for everyone. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> With your own journey, <laughs> with your own journey, um, how much of it did it have an impact on your mental health going all the way through it? Mm. Oh, my God. It had a huge, huge impact. Um, just a little bit of my story. So in 2020, I lost my dad to COVID, yeah? And I remember I was also doing um, the second degree. I was doing my des dissertation. And just imagine the stress from uni, losing your dad, lockdown, mate. Fitness kept my brain. You know, mm -hmm. we have chemical balances, yeah? It kept it in check because it, it gave me... Fitness became an outlet where I could just, you know, run through my thoughts. You know when you're running, 
your mind is just, it's going in different places. But as I was consistent with it, my mind every day was like a new adventure mm. in my mind. That's how I would, I, I would um, express it. So during this fitness journey, during the challenges that it, 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 I was faced with, enabled me to tap into a deeper part of my brain and actually feel like, do you know what, Blessing? It's okay to feel that way. Well done, Blessing. You worked out even though, even though you didn't want to. So it built up my confidence. Like I'm, I was confident before, but this level of confidence is on a different level. So definitely, yeah. Just to clarify, you know, when you speak about confidence, was your confidence, did, did your confidence coincide with your, your changing body or did it just coincide more rather with the fact that you was going to the gym and like everyone after whether it's 45 minute hour workout you just feel good what exactly um was it part of the fitness that was really improving your confidence um if i'm honest with you i feel like as i started my fitness journey i had to ask myself a question and the question was is that how are you happy with yourself inside? Because one thing that is so, what people don't talk about is body dysmorphia, yeah? yeah? Even at my smallest, I would still feel like there were imperfections, yeah? So I had to tell myself, are you comfortable with who you are blessing inside, yeah? Once I got to that realization that yes, I am happy with who I am, yeah? Because I challenge myself daily, I am, I am disciplined daily, I am consistent daily. And that for me was enough. Me having a good body was a bonus, yeah? That was how I got to. Remember, I got ghosted from a guy. My self-esteem was in the bin. I had to make a decision to either stay there or become a better version of myself, not just from an aesthetic standpoint, but from an inside. Am I happy with who I am inside? And, and for me, that's what I worked on more. Ooh, that's what... Oh, can you guys yeah. hear me? Sorry. That's what I worked on more. So I think for me, the journey was, originally it was to, you know, look good. But during that journey, it was about blessing. Are you comfortable with who you are inside? And I so am. Even if I was at my biggest, even if I was at my smallest, that confidence level has grown just from the discipline and learning to be consistent and how to challenge my mind. And that's the honest truth. Yeah. Do you feel your grown confidence has rubbed off on some of the people around you? Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. So I remember like some of my, so during lockdown, you know, the gym's closed. And I said to myself, how I'm, I can't go back. Like I need to, you know, shed some of this weight. So we all worked out together in the park. And then I remember how there'll be times where, you know, like when, when I'm strong, someone else was weak and you pull them up and vice versa. And then I remember when my mindset changed about how, do you know what, we're not gonna focus on how many weeks, we're gonna focus on being in the, the long game. Literally, all my girls around me were all about, do you know what, like we push each other. I'm going to, to the gym today. We was there at six in the morning this morning. Do you see it? P people are pushing and it's rubbed off tremendously. Even my mum, I run a boot camp on, on Saturdays. She comes to the boot camp. Does that make sense? Even though everything in her body is telling her not to go, she takes herself there because she's like, if my daughter can do it, I can do it. You know, I want to see her children's children. You know, it's all about that whole legacy, ancestry and what, what, what we're leaving behind, you know? And it has, it's rubbed off tremendously because for me, fitness is more than just looking good. Fitness is, is about, it's a whole new way of life. The fact that you can consistently do something and have, and, and have, and get a result out of it is powerful. It's powerful. So, yeah. I think the two, for me, I'm not speaking for everyone, for myself, the two most frustrating parts of a mm -hmm. fitness journey is 
or are the start and when you've reached a plateau. So I want to talk to you about when you reach a plateau. Um, for you personally, mm. how did you overcome that? And how, what examinations on yourself did you have to do to ensure that you, you, um, you overcame your plateau? Plateau, rather. Yes, that plateau. Yes, yes, that plateau is horrible. Um, I think it wasn't until I started doing my personal training course that I it began to shift in that plateau. So I think from a sort of um, someone who doesn't know anything, that plateau is horrible because you don't know what to do next. Imagine you've done all your research, you know, you've lost weight, but it's like it's not shifting, yeah? And I think the one thing for me that really helped me go past my plateau was changing my diet, yeah? I would always tell people that how if you've done what you can, there's no harm in 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 reaching out to professionals, yeah, people that have done this for long periods of time, yeah. So so um, I think th what I'm trying to say is that how don't be afraid to ask for help. But one thing as well, a lot of a lot of the time it's about the diet. You know, it's 80% food, 20% fitness, yeah, from my perspective. So a lot of the times we need to reevaluate what we're eating, when we're eating as well. And also about um, how we can mix different food groups and things like that. So, yeah, that's what I would say to that. In, in terms of, in terms of your strengths, what would you say? What yeah, what would you say are your biggest strengths that you've learned from this journey? Um, my biggest strength is my discipline. I remember my friend came to the house and she she tried to give me a biscuit, and I was like, I know I wanted it, but I said no, I don't want it. So the fact that even though I may want something, I know it's not. I, I know that I don't need it at that time. I can say no, whether it's pizza, um, whatever. Yeah, I had that discipline to say no. And the thing is that how because I, I understand what it would do to the journey of, of what I'm trying to achieve within that period of time of what I'm doing. So for me, discipline is my biggest strength. I know how to teach that as well, and also as well consistency. I did a ninety day ninety day challenge over um, the, the last lock lockdown. And for me, that was so life changing because I literally worked out 90 days straight and I saw how my body changed and just being consistent. Not everyone can be consistent. And I, I, before, like when I was going through it, I thought, yeah, like anyone should be able to be consistent. You just, just have to keep doing something every day. But in actual fact, it takes a level of, of, of mental strength, of discipline to be consistent every single day. So how, how I sort of encourage people to be consistent is that how, how badly do you want it? The same way that I spoke to that girl about how where does fitness fall on the scale of one to ten in terms of importance? What is important to you, you'll make time for. Same in relationships, the same at work, the same with courses. What is important to you, you will make time for. Fitness is important to me, so therefore I will be disciplined to reach my goal. Fitness is important to me, I'll be consistent in reaching my goal. So, yeah. There is a wealth of information out there when it comes to fitness, when it comes to health, uh, there are so many different types of diets slash lifestyles, keto, veganism, high carbs, low carbs, high fats, low fats, etc. Ex you name it. How do you go about deciphering, how do you go about, mm. you know, deciphering and discerning what is the best, I guess, diet or lifestyle choices um, for your clients? Um... I think for me, I ask them what is their goals, yeah? So I have an assessment form. I ask them, you know, 
what what's their lifestyle like? I ask them what they struggle with. But the most important thing is that how what is your goals? Yeah. Some people's goals can be just to lose weight. Some people's goals can be to tone up. Some people's goals can be maybe they want a smaller waist. They want to grow their glutes. So everything is dependent upon what their goals are. Yeah. I remember when I had a personal trainer. Yeah. And at my stage of losing weight, building muscle was a different diet. Yeah. Everything was a different diet. Yeah. Even with clients that I have now. A different diet is for different people and what their goals are. So me, I'm an advocate of every diet will be different. Someone can achieve well on keto. Someone else may not. Someone else may be on high protein. Somebody else may not. So that's what a good trainer is able to adapt different types of diet methods to what people's goals are. That's what my philosophy is because I've seen it work mm. for, for me as well. So that's what I advocate for. So let's let's touch mm. more on when it comes to mental health um, in terms of your clients. Do you see mm-hmm. um, the impact that it has on their mental health when they're going through the point where they plateau? Mm. Oh, definitely. I have um, one of my, my clients, actually. Um, yeah. She's reached a plateau. And I'm really trying to encourage her is that how we just have to keep being consistent. Yeah, we've changed the diet. We're, we're, um, we're, we're keeping working out. But, you know, sometimes your your body's not changing. The scale's not moving and you're you're feeling, you know, disheart, disheartened. So it's just about encouraging them to just keep consistent. Consistency, I find, is the magic key to this whole game. Is that how even though you may reach a point where mentally you're tired or like you feel like you want to give up, just keep being consistent because when I did that 90 day challenge, the same thing happened to me. So I know how my clients feel at every stage because I've put myself through that too. I remember when I was reaching the middle part of my 90 day challenge, nothing was changing. My body wasn't changing. I changed up my food. Nothing was moving. But just me being consistent, I then started to see the changes. So it's just, it's just to encourage them, empower them, but also to show that I've been there too. That gives them also more um, sort of... Um, um, assurance that okay she's done it so can I that's always my message I can do it so she can recently do it I was watching yeah. um, a podcast and one of the gentlemen so it was free it was free personal trainers and one of the personal trainers said it's something really fascinating because I've never really heard anyone say it but he said as a personal trainer in hindsight and upon reflection mm. he didn't realize that actually he is also a psychologist when it comes to his clients. So it's not just a personal part of his job is being a psych- psychologist. Mm. So mm. how would you respond to that statement? Do you see yourself as a psycholo- psychologist? Oh yeah, definitely. The amount of things that people will come and be discussing with you while they're, they're, they're lifting their weights mm. and doing their squats is absolutely hilarious. But yes, you are there as you know a voice of reasoning and even just to have a different yeah. view, view viewpoint as well. Cause you know, like most psychologists, you know, they just want um, someone sit, lies on a couch and then they're spilling all their all their their feelings, their concerns, their anxiety, their fears. So definitely, I would agree to that statement because you're almost there to basically help someone get to another yeah. a, a greater level of themselves, whether it's in fitness. And then those attributes can also spread in other areas areas of of their life. So we are we are encouragers, we are motivators, we are um, what else are we? We are um, like almost like a listening ear, and also someone to really push them to points where probably um, they've not pushed themselves. You know, I remember when I had my trainer, he would always like, I would want to stop. Like, you know, you do, you need 15 reps and you're like at number 10. I can't do it anymore. But he's like, no, keep going, you know? 
and that pulls something out of you. And that's the same thing that I do to my clients as well, is that how they may want to stop here, but no, we're going to get to the finish line together. So, yeah. What do you think you would say to 15-year-old Blessing? Mm, very, very good question. I would say, I would say to 15-year-old Blessing is that don't rush through life and that nice. it's going to get better. That's nice. I like that one. So as soon as Edwin, Ed, Edwin said 15, <laughs> my, question, my next question came straight away. So it goes back to, I want, I, I want, I want us to go down a scenario of a 13-year-old mm. black girl. And the 13-year-old black girl is very much interested in sports. She doesn't know whether mm -hmm. she's good or not, but she has one major barrier. And this major barrier is the media and the, the somewhat undertones. And one person that comes to mind is Serena Williams. So Serena Williams is, is, always, is always being called a man. She's always... Everyone is just always dismissing her. They're not accepting who she is. So you've got a young black girl who's seeing this. She likes Serena. She loves Serena. But she also sees how people like Serena Williams are being taken. And this isn't just Serena Williams. Even we've had another guest and they spoke about her. So shout out to Marilyn. Marilyn Okoro. Same thing with her. She did the 800 metres in athletics. They were saying she didn't have the, the body of uh, someone that did the 800 metres uh, to, to do 800 metres. So a 13-year-old black girl seeing this time and time again, hearing the same experiences from black women, how are you going to get them into sports blessing? That is an amazing question. And what I would say to that 13-year-old black girl is that she has two decisions to make. She can listen to the noise around her and be swallowed in by, by the media's almost attack on black women. Or she can make a decision to, 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 to drown out those sounds and do what she's passionate about. You know, we talk about value. We talk about... Um, um, we talk about what, what, what making an impact in society. And yes, she may be young, but my job as a coach would be to inspire her that you can do anything you put your mind to it. Do you see it? Yes, Serena Williams has got all these mm. naysayers, but yet she, no one can top how many medals that, that she has won, you know? The other lady that, that you mentioned as well, they will say, say that she, has, she hasn't got the body type, but she's smacking it and, 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 and winning so many different awards. So the question I would tell her is that how she has a decision to make and whatever the decision, decision that she does make, we are here to support them. I feel like as well that how we put so much pressure on young people as well. And my job is to, whatever decision you make, we will support you 100%. But we, we want to encourage you to do whatever you put your mind to. It is your decision. I'm not here to force you. I'm not here to, here to put the, the pressure of black women on your shoulders. Never. Does that make sense? It's a choice that you will make, but at the same time you will do it and have fun, but at the same time you will do it because because you want to do it. And that's the message is that how because me as a black woman, sometimes we feel like we have to carry the weight of black women. And and for me personally, I'm like, no, you will carry the weight of what you want to do. Does that make sense? You are individual and you want to do mm -hmm. and I'm I'm here I'm here to encourage you is that how you do what you want to do. If it makes you happy, you do it. Please do not carry the weight of other people. Because why? It, it, you, you know sand. You will sink in the sand. Yeah? Carrying other people's visions and passions. You do what you want to do. Yeah? Serena Williams, yeah? She is amazing. But at the same time, we haven't got a clue if she cries at home at night. Because the pressure is, is, is unbearable. Does that make sense? It's unbearable. Do you, do you see it? But at the same time, if you are passionate about it, 
We will be there to support you, to cover you as well. As black people, we should cover each other and support them. But at the end of the day, it's about your decision and what makes you happy. I can't, I can't push that enough. So, yeah. You, you, men- you mentioned earlier on about um, the influence of TV, channels like Trouble when we're growing up, how it, how it can have, had an impact on all of us. Now everyone turns to social media, turns to these, I don't know, influencers, stuff like that. How do you, how does it, how do you keep um, a level mind, a mindset when it comes to that? If I'm honest with you, I try not to um, watch too much of it or be on social media too much um, because it, it can influence you a lot. Um, I remember I got to a point where, you know, Bella Niger, everyone knows about Bella Niger, where they post about different weddings. Mm. And for me personally, it got to a point where you, you not even start to dream about, I must get married, I must get married, I must get married. And I said, for my own mental health, I have to unfollow that page. Not, not because they're doing anything wrong, but because of how it was affecting me. So I feel like when it comes to social media, it's okay to take yourself out of it, you know? Not saying that you must, you know, come off it completely because it's part of our our day-to-day activities, unfortunately. But if you need a timeout, take that timeout. But for me, I told myself that if I am going to come on social media, my job is to impact, yeah? Is that how I always ask myself questions that how, okay, why are you doing what you're doing? If I'm going to be on social media, I want to be one of those pages, even if, if my page is little basic, I want to be that page that impacts. You see it because there is so much out there. Like, I even feel sorry for the younger generation. I remember I spoke at a school and just to hear their thoughts about social media and how it impacts them in, in terms of, like, how they dress and things like that, it really made me a little bit sad because imagine if, 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 if just TV made me have a freaking eating disorder, imagine what social media is doing to a lot of these young people now. Like, it... it I don't even want to know what it's doing. But for me, is that how I want to impact and I want someone to discover my page and thought, do you know what? I'm inspired by blessing. Do you see it? So, yeah. All right, let me switch it up. It's a question to both of you. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, God. um, This is something I know Ed knows. I'm always talking. I don't talk about as much, but I know he, um, he knows that this is something really important to me blessing so and both of you in fact what are your relationships with sugar and what are your concerns about sugar in society mm, interesting I could, talk, I could talk a long time about sugar um <laughs> do it please i don't for me my relationship with sugar i have i have a sweet tooth but at the same time i don't add sugar to stuff and that probably stems from when i used to do athletics because I stopped drinking fizzy drinks because every time I was about to train, I'll get a stitch. <laughs> so <laughs> because of that, it kind of, over a period of time, I, st- I started having sugar less and less and less to stop putting sugar in stuff. But then again, the problem we have in society, sugar, sometimes we may not put sugar in stuff, but the amount of sugar they put in stuff, we're still consuming it. Um, and it's only when you start to eliminate the, the sugar that's in your life through looking at what's in it that you start to notice how much sugar is um what's the word sugar is addictive sugar is very addictive people mm. just don't know it's addictive I think sugar is probably as addictive as drugs so mm. they say no I agree with you I agree with you and I think what people don't realize about sugars is that it turns into 
a carbohydrate once it's broken down in your body, yeah? And you have to think about how, you know, glucose gets broken down in, into glycogen, yeah? And then that gets stored, yeah? Especially as black women, that gets stored. You see those love handles? That's where it likes <laughs> to go for us, yeah? And uh, trust me, I have a sweet tooth. And I, I remember on that journey of, of um, on that journey of fitness, can you guys hear me? In uh, On that journey of fitness yeah. that I was going through, I remember my cravings for sugar was crazy. And unfortunately, some of those times I was, you know, I was having that piece of cake or whatever. But I remember when, you know, when, when the scale wasn't moving, my body wasn't changing, I had to make a decision that how blessing, this is counteracting your progress, yeah? Remember, insulin is spiked, that burning does not occur. So I'm actually, I'm not doing myself any service by having that, 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 that craving of sugar. And I, and, I, and I feel like, yes, it's okay to have sugar, but in moderations, yeah? So for me, like now, I don't eat as much sweet things, but I will indulge in it once in a while. I don't drink fizzy drink at all. I stopped having fizzy drink for probably over three years now. I do not drink any fizzy drinks. I do not, I do not drink any, any fizzy, fizzy drinks because sugar is not our friend. Yes, it tastes nice. It's not our friend. It's man-made. It's definitely not our friend. And to be, I think I've spoke. I think I've spoken to both of you about my, my um, me not eating gluten anymore. And me not eating gluten has forced me to okay. eliminate certain things out of my life. And a lot of the stuff that I've eliminated mm. contained a lot of sugar. And I've noticed since doing that, the weight's just dropped off. So it kind of it kind of mm. shows you the negative impact sugar sugar has on us yeah, yeah your body just stores it yeah your body just stores it your body just, literally it just stores it it will store it that's 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 why you're put on the weight mm -hmm. like some people i say if they had just cut out the type of bread that they eat and cut out some sugary things they probably have they just they probably just have to work out just a few times a week literally literally hmm. how was it for you mm -hmm. nathan so my yeah my relationship with sugar is not as bad as quite a, you know of people around me so i've embarked on a elimination a food elimination journey for a long time so during uni times i was a vegan but then typically when a african or a caribbean parents see that you lose a vast amount of weight in an in a small period of time they think there's something wrong with you so I kind of had an agreement with my mum that I would go back to just eating fish. So that was really the start. Mm. But I think moving on and going past um, veganism, vegetarianism, pescatarianism, it was about other things. So like processed food. So processed foods was quite easy um, to get to get rid of. But some of the why veganism is is doing so well is for two reasons is for the fake meats and also the desserts now. And a lot of the desserts have a lot of sugar and bad sugar, like the fructose and all the other types of um, bad sugars. Yeah, mm -hmm. So yeah. for me, mm. um, I remember a few years ago, I came to, or somebody told me that Oreos, the original Oreo flavor is vegan friendly. And I was just- Oh, wow absolutely over the moon because that's one of the first things that I gave up. And then what I started realizing was that 
I had a, a bit of a minor addiction to um, Oreos as, as well as other foods and I needed to just do something drastic. So I'm, I'm kind of like that. I blow hot and cold very quickly. So I just started going on long fasts, you know, um, sh- or sugar fasts. And I think now I'm at a place mm. where I don't need sugar. I'm trying to go a year without added sugar. So I don't mind natural sugars like fruits. Oh, wow. So fruits I will accept. But in terms of anything mm. else, I'm really trying to embark on this one year journey. I've been looking at a lot of testimonials on youtube but one thing i will say i'll end it like this when i have sugar my body lets me know what time it is so i feel the minor ailments in my body Mm. so my body Mm. and and the thing is with our body we uh, you know i'm I'm so passionate about this but and and i don't i don't want to cause i don't want to cause any offense to anybody but we're so negligent we are so negligent to our body because we our bodies they Mm -hmm. they give us so many warning signs that something's going wrong but we we persist we just persist Mm -hmm. in going forward 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 ignore it no it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine we could continue but yeah, man, I'm not trying to do that. Like, I, I, my, 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 um, my, my health journey is how I see my my ret- my my retirement fund. So I'm put. So from my twenties, I've been putting money into mm. this retirement fund. I'm not gonna wait till I'm fifty yeah. to start eating healthy. No, it, it, the journey begins now, mm. and it has been and it has begun for a long time. Now. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, it's mm. it's it's something mm. that no, I love it's that. So, it's something that we shouldn't mm. wait until we reach a certain age, because like myself with the gluten, the warning mm-hmm. signs were there in my twenties, but I was ignoring them. Mm. <laughs> I was ignoring them because I was enjoying food too much. Mm. But yeah. it's it, you have to mm-hmm. think about the long term impact that it can have, and you can still enjoy food with eliminating certain mm. stuff. There's still it's, and I think that's why sometimes when it comes to home cooking, cooking stuff at home. If you know how to cook it right, you'll still enjoy it. Yeah. You'll still enjoy it. Mm. Mm. No, it's it's true. And I think I think what I really liked about what you said about how like there there's even certain having too much sugar in your system can cause mm. swelling. Now, especially women as well, like there's certain people's ankles, I can tell that they bang out the sugar. Can you imagine I can tell they bang out the sugar. And it's the thing is that how me, because everyone knows that I'm the fitness person, sometimes it's like, okay, bless him, you keep talking. But once again, it goes back to what you're saying is that how it's like your body is your retirement plan. You see it? And what your bank, like, that was just so perfect. And I think I'm going to use that. Sorry, thank you, Nathan. And it's just one of the things where, look, you have to look after your home, yeah? Your home is not where you put your, where you lay your head. It's, 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 it's this body here. That is your home. And the question is, is that are you comfortable? Does that make sense? Your legs should not just be swelling randomly. Your eyes shouldn't just be puffing, having swelling in different areas Mm. of your body. Your back should not just be in pain. Even I have clients, and obviously we always ask before um, a session, do you have injury? Everyone's like, yeah, I've got knee injury. When was the last Mm. time you got it checked out? Having a knee injury is not normal. Yeah, it's not. But people were just like, oh, yes, old age. Go and get it checked out. Go and have an MRI scan, yeah? yeah? yeah. You You pay your taxes, it's free. It's free. It's free, please. I'm actually um, starting a charity about um, um, base, base basically um, black men and access to health and social care services. Why is it that black men do not go to their GPs and access services, yeah? We need to figure out what's, 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 what's yeah. going on, yeah? We're going to have our first event 
next year about trauma and health and access to health and social care services, yeah? This was brought about, like, we could really go deep, but my little brother died on the 10th of May, yeah? He had a blood clot in his heart and it blocked the main valve that sended oxygenated blood to the body, yeah? Black men and heart disease, there is a big conversation that needs to be had and we are starting that conversation next year, yeah? That's what we're doing. So we need to have this conversation. People are ignoring their bodies. You'll go and buy Balenciagos mm. for £700, but you won't go to a um, private clinic and get a full test for £700. Mm. Make it make sense. You'll buy stocks for, 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 for so-and-so, but you won't go and invest and pay and get a checkup, do a blood test, do, do scans and things like that. Like, what are we doing? We need to change that narrative. Is that how, yes, it's good to look nice, but what's going on inside? You wake up and you're having heart power palpitations. What's yeah, going that's on? True. That's true. What's going yeah, on? That's, that's real. Yeah, no, Not that's true. It's, it's, it's something that we all have to um, think about because, yeah, like what, what we put inside our body, how we treat our body, um, we don't know what stage that is going to have an effect on us. It can happen anytime. We're not in control of our time. Um, anytime. Tomorrow is not promised. So, this will be my last question question to you, Blessing. What legacy do you want Ooh. to leave behind when it comes to fitness by Blessing? Mm. Nice. The legacy that I want to live behind, yeah? And I thought about this so much. What I want to leave behind is that is that your body is the only really th real thing that you own, yeah? Your body is the only real thing that you own. And how you look after it will show 10 years, 20 years time. So that is what my legacy, that's what I want to leave behind, is that how what your body is the only really real thing that you own. So how you look after it will show in a few years time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's not deep. It's not. It's it's just a reality. Mm, I guess my concluding question would be: Could you give us a testimonial on one of your clients that has made good progress, and how did that make you feel, and how did it make them feel equally? Equally, one of my clients actually, she had her third child, and we, um, I was training her, and for her, it was it was more of a um, a mental health standpoint that how she just wasn't happy after having her kids. She knew, obviously, the doctor had encouraged her to lose weight because just, 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 just from a health standpoint. But at the same time, after having her three kids, she really wanted to get her mojo back. And we worked out together. She was so disciplined, man. Like, like it was just so encouraging as well. And just, just, just to see her journey now as she has become a coach herself just inspires me that how just me working with her, she now inspires others as well. And it, it's almost like a... Um, a trickle effect, you know? Someone trained me and I'm now training others. And now that I've trained someone and they're now training others, it's just a testament to, to, that, to that passion of impacting and letting other black women know that if I can do it, they can do it. And now they're teaching others. So yeah. And her body is snatched after having three kids. So yeah. Yeah, that was, um, I love that. I love this interview. Do you know what I loved most? Do you know what is blessing? I've, I've got a thing for, I've got a weakness for passion, people's passion, because 
I myself, you know, have a lot of passion and I can I can really mm. hear it in your voice. You you're very passionate about what you do. I know mm. you was a little bit cautious about, you know, so to speak, getting deep. So mm. because you were cautious in this one, you need to come on mm. for a second time and you're not going to be cautious mm. and you're just going to let everything out because we need this information. <laughs> we need it. We need it. <laughs> no matter how technical, how difficult it is, mm. this is the information mm. age and, and all you can do is pass on this information mm. and if people really want to learn and really want to make a major change in their lives, then, yeah, they will listen to your in-depth, um, I guess, information that you are going to share on the second um, time that you come on, the, your second appearance that you, when you come back. So really, you don't have a choice. You are returning back and you are definitely going to go into more detail. <laughs> How can people get in contact with you? Nathan, you're funny, you know? <laughs> so you can contact me on my Instagram page. It's Fitness by Blessing. And that's what I have for now. Um, so, yeah, Fitness by Blessing on Instagram. All right. So, guys, we you you heard the story from Fitness by Blessing. Um, it was a really good one. Why I think particular standouts for myself was just the yeah just being a young black girl, and yeah she just didn't really want to get into sports. So many stories that you hear of that. Really, really happy that you know more women are getting into sports now. Moving back to blessing story, another part that I particularly liked hearing was the transition from really growing, beginning to grow her confidence. Um, that was something that was really important to her and really why she's in fitness, you know, because, you know, some people, they get into fitness for, for a variety of reasons. Some are quite for, you know, frivolous reasons, but you can tell with Blessing, it's in-depth. She wants to create a leg. She wants to leave a legacy. She wants her children's children's children to be involved in fitness and understand the importance of it. So, the yeah, it was a, definitely, we got a lot from this. Um, there are a lot of nuggets, so please share. And guys, yeah, thank you for those of you to who are continuing to listen to our podcast. We are trying to get better. Um, we're trying to add things, we're trying to get rid of items that we don't think or that we think are not good enough anymore. If there's anything that you believe that we can add, please go on our Instagram, Mind Talks UK, and just um, d direct message us or just leave a message in the comment section. Until next time, guys, adios. And because I'm learning Mandarin, it's... <laughs> oh, what is it in Mandarin? How can I not... I was in I was in China for two years and I don't even know. <laughs> Ni hao is hello and bai is... Yeah, that's... Um, oh, I can't remember, you know. Can you imagine? I can't remember Bro, you better not get it wrong, because if you get it wrong, it's I know, because the I know, and I was there for two years. <laughs> That's um, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know, but oh, I put that on myself, it. though. I put that on myself. <laughs> but anyway, I will let you know by the next podcast, guys, what it is. Until next time, stay blessed and stay healthy.